0: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: At the Coca-Cola Company, Keurig Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo, our bottles might still look the same, but some of them can be remade in a whole new way, using 100% recycled plastic. New bottles made using no new plastic except the caps and labels. You'll be seeing more of these new bottles in more places, and that's thanks to you because when we get more bottles back, we can use less new plastic. Learn how our bottles are made to be remade at madetoberemade.org.
2: Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? We have victims that are located inside the home, Uh, we have one victim who was alive as deputies arrived and CPR was being given to multiple victims on scene. Unfortunately, no one, including the man who uh, went to the hospital via ambulance, he uh, was also pronounced dead.
1: At the hospital. Six people are gunned down in California in what investigators initially called a cartel or gang related hit. Former DEA and DOJ operative Derek Maltz comes on to give his thoughts on what may have happened. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Long Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. want to get into this horrific shooting that happened in Goshen, California, over the uh, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. Six family members were found dead. 72-year-old Rosa Perez, 52-year-old Eladio Perez Jr., 50-year-old Jennifer Anala, 19-year-old Marcos Perez, and 16-year-old Alyssa Perez, as well as her 10-month-old baby, Nicholas Perez.
2: She was found, along with the infant, laying next to her mother, his mother, down the street. We believe that the 16-year-old teenage mother and her small infant actually was fleeing and running from the scene. What we have since learned through forensics, that it was clear that the shooters stood over the top of the 16-year-old mother and fired rounds into her head. The 10 month old infant also suffered from the same attack. None of this was by accident. It was deliberate, intentional and horrific.
1: Now the sheriff had initially indicated that this appeared to be a cartel style execution, but then kind of walked that back and said that this could be gang related.
2: It is very clear that this family was a target. And that there are getting associations involved as well as drug investigations with this in this home. But let me make this very clear. Not all these people in this home were gang members, and not all of these people in this home were drug dealers.
1: At the time of this recording, police have indicated that there are apparently two suspects, perhaps a third. So let me bring in Derek Maltz, who worked for the DEA for 28 years and was special agent in charge of the United States Department of Justice Special Operations Division. Derek, it is a pleasure to have you here on Sidebar. And thanks for taking the
3: time. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: I'm looking at this. You have gunfire at 3.30 a.m., six victims the authorities indicated it was targeted two found in the street one in the doorway of the home what do you think led investigators to initially say that this could be cartel related
3: well based on all the reports that i've read obviously i don't i wasn't at the crime scene it certainly has all indications that this is a, another horrific act of cartel or a ruthless gang out there but as you know the gangs in california work very closely with the Sinaloa cartel, uh, and there's a lot of turf battles. So it's definitely drug related. There's a very good chance the cartels are behind it. They they actually are sending in operatives and hitmen into America on a daily basis now because the southern border is wide open and they're taking advantage of the weakness there.
1: Can you just elaborate on that connection between the cartels and the gangs? Well,
3: I mean, the gangs are all over America and the cartels now, the two major cartels the Sinaloa cartel, and the cartel Jalisco New Generation, they are dominating all aspects of the drug trade. So they're producing the drugs, especially the poisonous fentanyl that's killing Americans at a record rate. They are distributing this stuff into their hub cities. So like Los Angeles area has a hub for transportation across America. And then in each of the cities, they have their cartel representatives. But in many cases, it's the gangs that are distributing the drugs and collecting the money in these different cities. So the gangs routinely operate with the cartels. And then there's always these disputes and these territorial, um, you know, challenges for the gangs to, you know, dominate. So this is nothing new. I mean, if you look at the El Chapo case, uh, you know, in Chicago, I'll never forget it when I was briefed. It was the Chapo, uh, you know, Sinaloa cartel that was sending tons of cocaine and methamphetamine into Chicago, and all that stuff was being distributed uh, by gangs in Chicago. So there's, it, it's like seamless, it's overlapping everywhere. So uh, you can't really distinguish one from the other in many cases. What stands out to me is the ruthless nature of
1: this, right? You know, right. police have indicated that not everybody in that house was somebody who was involved in the drug trade. You know, they indicated that this young mother was an innocent victim, the baby was an innocent victim. <laughs>
2: I have also been quoted as saying this was a cartel-like execution. Make no mistake, I'm not saying that this is a cartel, but also be clear that I am not eliminating that possibility. These people were clearly shot in the head, and they were also shot in places that the shooter would know that quick death would occur.
1: And for me, when I look at this, the first thing that I thought of, well, maybe they're thinking gang, maybe they're thinking cartel because of the ruthless nature of it. Is it typical that you would have these hits where innocent victims are, I don't want to say the target because it almost makes me want to say maybe they were a target. Maybe it's a calling card. Obviously, there was somebody in that house or maybe there's somebody in the house that was the primary target, but you kill innocent victims
3: to send a message. Am I off with that? No, absolutely not. I mean, the cartels right now, Are operating like a global terror organization, like ISIS or Al Qaeda or Hezbollah. And they are trying to intimidate people. And it's really taking it to a new level when you're executing a 16 year old mother and a 10 month old baby. But that's exactly what they're trying to accomplish. They're trying to send powerful messages across not only the United States, but the world that they are growing, they are powerful and they're not going to stop, and they're not afraid to kill. And by the way, just so you know, when I ran the Special Operations Division for about 10 years, I tracked, and I have a book that I kept on the most most ruthless murders, both in Mexico and in America. But my interest was this cartel violence in America, because I had never seen anything like this in my life. Burning people down to a crisp with gasoline, uh, you know, taking jumper cables and attaching them to people's ears and then torturing them, electrocuting them, and then shooting them up into the, in the place. They, they're very big on dismembering bodies, decapitations. So they, they go all the way full speed ahead, and they're trying to do that. So it has all the signs of a cartel hit, and I'm not going to be surprised to when the, when the details come out. Because that's what I believe. There was a change,
1: right? I mean, the, the way that I always remember it, when we think of the traditional mafia and organized crime, it, maybe I'm naive, but I always thought families no. were, you put those to the side, that you don't target the families. There was this escalation and it, it's based on fear. Is that what it is? Instilling...
3: Yeah. Well, first of all, you're not off base at all. You're hundred percent correct. You know, the families were usually off limits in, in the old days, right? Traditional organized crime. But the cartels are not like, people got to stop calling them drug cartels. They are transnational criminals at the bare minimum, but they are operating like global terrorists. So think about what terrorists do on YouTube videos and how they chop off heads and how they burn people to death. These cartels, they're dumping humans in acid pits in Mexico. They have no, you know, no, you know what I'm saying? Like they just are so ruthless that they just don't care about human life. It's so hard for me to articulate because I've never seen anything like it in my life.
1: I want to give you a little bit of a timeline here because if we're talking about potential motives and we're trying to understand who might have did this, let me give you a little bit of a, a timeline of what was happening. So we know that on January 3rd, a search warrant uh, was issued for the home and that led to the arrest of Aladio perez jr who was a convicted felon and one of the victims in this case apparently police have indicated that he was not initially the intended target he had an extensive criminal record including driving recklessly. He possessed firearms and drugs. That search warrant, it was to do a compliance check. You know, basically was he following the law as a convicted felon? I believe that police were initially turned away. Uh, They returned with another search warrant and they ended up arresting Perez Jr. They found ammunition. They found a rifle, a shotgun, drugs like methamphetamine, methamphetamines. He was released on bail four days later. And then this shooting happened. I don't want to engage in speculation, But does it not seem that perhaps that timeline's important, that were they afraid that he spoke
3: to police and what he might say next? I find that arrest important in this. Do you? Yeah, I mean, look, we could speculate all day, but it's very common that they want to, you know, they want to kill potential witnesses. They certainly want to destroy anybody that's a source of information for law enforcement. I mean, the torturing that they've done to people over the years, I'll never forget the time where they cut someone's hand off, stuck it in a guy's mouth and then put a note around his neck saying like, you know, anybody that's out there that's thinking about being a rat, this is what's going to happen to you. So, yes, you're 100 percent correct. All of this stuff, the timeline is critical. I'm very confident that the law enforcement community out there will figure it out very quickly because the entire United States should be aware of this event because this is coming to cities all over America. That's the reality. This is the new America with the wide open border. We have an invasion of migrants from 160 countries. There's a lot of people coming into this country now that hate America. It's just common sense when you look at over a million gotaways. I mean, this month alone, the numbers aren't out, but they're estimating 65,000 gotaways at the border this month alone. That's a lot of people in this country. We don't know who they are, where they came from, what they're doing here. So we have a huge national security uh, crisis here. I'm not embellishing it. I've been tracking this for years. We focused on the cartels for many years at the Special Operations Division, uh, and we know what's going on. I mean, just look at what's happening in New York this week with the trial of the highest-ranking Mexican government official ever because he was taking multi-million-dollar bribes from the Sinaloa cartel and protecting their, you know, their infrastructure and their operations. When you mention this community,
1: where this happened is farming community, I think 3,000 people. Some might listen to this story and say, well, this is a perfect place to commit a crime like this. They did it at three in the morning, between three and five in the morning, it's rural area. Before we get into the search for these suspects, do you, you said you anticipate things like this happening maybe in bigger cities?
3: It's happening all over America. We just don't hear about it. It's kind of like, you know, did you know, like for an example, like just a few days ago, 25 25- people. Americans were poisoned in one day in central New York. Did you know that seven died from fentanyl poisoning in 11 days in Broome County, New York, early December? The media is not reporting this stuff. They're trying to protect the politicians who are letting these people in the country. The other thing that you're not going to hear too often is when these people are arrested, what's their immigration status? So I have my network of friends that find out and they tell me The vast majority of these people that are being arrested for these crimes are illegally here. But you never hear that in the media. They don't want to tell anyone because that makes the current administration look bad because they're allowing this to happen. You can't be soft on these criminals. You have to have deterrence. And we don't have that right now, both north and south of the border. So this is going to continue. You don't have to be a border expert or a cartel expert to understand that these people have a multi-billion dollar enterprise, they're trying to maximize profits, they don't care about human life, and they're just gonna continue to dominate in communities throughout America.
2: We do know of three surviving victims from this, what we're describing as a massacre. Three. We will be interviewing them and collecting as much information as we can. There was one person inside the home hiding as they could hear the gunfire erupting inside the home. The description from him is that he was in such a state of fear that all he could do was hold the door.
1: So what? how do you think uh, authorities are going to ultimately move forward with this investigation? They're, I believe they said they're looking for two people, might be a third. What do you think is happening behind the scenes? Because my understanding is, when this happened, they immediately went to the scene and started processing and collecting evidence. What's happening behind the scenes to find these people?
3: Well, look, the Los Angeles law enforcement community is very advanced. Even though it's a small department, small county, they have plenty of support. Those those law enforcement agencies work together. They solve crimes very quickly. And, and, just, to, I work, and
1: just to interrupt. So this is Goshen, California, right near yeah. by, by, by Fresno. A, You're saying that they're getting help yeah. from other, other agencies. Absolutely. Are yeah
3: federal agencies as well. I mean, they have incredible capabilities. There's a lot of patriots out there that will work 24 seven to find these people and hold them accountable for these horrific acts of violence. That's what law enforcement does. But this is another thing that the public doesn't realize, right? They want to, you know, defund the police. They want to go after law enforcement. They want to hurt morale. But when, when, when the bell rings, They always step up and they go into the danger and they solve these crimes. And I'm guaranteeing this crime will be solved if it's not already. The problem's going to be when these guys get back over the border and they're back in Mexico or Central America, wherever they're from. Guess what? Then good luck getting them, because right now we can't get these guys captured. You know, I
1: I was going to ask you that. What makes anyone think they're still in the
3: country? I mean, most likely, I mean, my instinct, again, I don't have the facts of the case. They're not in the country. They're back south of the border. They're protected by the cartels because the cartels run Mexico. And by the way, you're aware of it because you seem like a very sharp guy. The corruption, not just in Mexico, but we arrested in the DEA, the president, the former president down there in Central America, his brother, who is the councilman, okay, who's in jail for doing 185 uh, ton cocaine conspiracy with Chapo Guzman and taking bribes. So the whole region is loaded with corruption because they're getting paid by the cartels. And so we have huge issues like Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, and some of them have made improvements. Like I understand El Salvador has made, has made some advancements, but we once they get down there, it's a very difficult environment for us to go after them. One of the biggest issues real quick is that when. US law enforcement you know goes after these cartels and they identify and indict the network when they go overseas we can't capture them and we can't extradite them so that's kind of really frustrating for law enforcement.
1: Oh, I can imagine.
3: And, and um,
1: let me tell you what I think, at least from the what the reporting is indicating. Local businesses, neighbors, for their surveillance footage from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m., which, again, is a questionable time in a farming community, somebody being out at the time. Again, we cover the Brian Koberger case. It's one of the key pieces of evidence. His car driving around that neighborhood at that time, it's odd. So I think getting surveillance footage asking anybody for any information there's a tip line where you can also be anonymous
2: we have investigators working literally 24 hours a day with forensic analysis and the collection of forensics we have our crime lab digital forensics our coroner's office and property and there has literally at this point been hundreds hundreds of items of evidence collected and we expect more items of evidence to be collected as of this press conference, detectives are still canvassing the area, looking for surveillance videos, asking for the public's health.
1: I was always curious. Do you think that authorities maybe have confidential informants in these? Absolutely. How does that work?
3: Well, look, the bread and butter of law enforcement is having sources that have information. Now, everyone in America was was criticizing the police in Washington, right? With the with the serial killer, whatever you want to call him, that that monster up there that killed those poor college kids, right? Uh, was it Idaho, or Washington? I just had a brain. It, it, well,
1: it was it happened in Idaho, but yeah. in Washington is uh, where he went to school, and then they right, captured right. him in Pennsylvania because so, that's so. Really those
3: nice. the, the the whole American community was criticizing those cops. Oh, they don't know what they're doing. They knew what they were doing from the beginning. They put together the evidence. They kept their mouths quiet because they went. They focused on the targets. And they focused on this guy. They got him. He'll be convicted. He'll go to jail for life, hopefully, get the death penalty. Same thing's going to happen here. The only difference is that guy was an American that's here. When these illegals get involved with this stuff, they flee, they go to other countries, and we don't always have the success.
1: By the way, I wanted to ask you one other thing about the uh, investigation. And I agree with you. There's definitely a difference there, but it's about the international issue. But Police have to be careful, right? Because they don't want to reveal too much to tip off the suspects because I, I, exactly. I and walk me through that as well, because this is a very sensitive, uh, case. What do you have to, what are you going to be looking out for to make sure they don't reveal or what do you think they're not revealing that they might know at this point?
3: Well, look, anytime anything is disclosed about a law enforcement technique, like tracking, for example, the bad guys learn from us. They learn from their mistakes. So they, they implement other processes so they can avoid apprehension in the future. I mean, they're very, very complex, very smart, very calculating. And unfortunately, in America, we have antiquated laws. We have policies that are old and they don't make sense anymore. We're in a high tech world, but we're still operating like we have rotary phones from 1968. So it's a disaster for law enforcement with all the encrypted communications. So everyone thinks it's cool when you're on your whatsapp and your signal and all these you know these apps that you know can't be penetrated by law enforcement it's all cool until somebody's kid gets murdered or captured and brought over the border and then you can't identify the suspects you can't develop evidence because law enforcement has all these challenges but congress doesn't do anything to help the politicians don't do anything so it's it's very complex and that's another reason why right now We're getting beat bad by the cartels because they're working closely with the Chinese transnational criminals and they're doing the money laundering for the cartels now. They have encrypted apps. They use WeChat pay. They move money instantly around the world. And it's so sophisticated and advanced, but we're still acting like, you know, guys are talking on the telephones like they used to. So it's really, really complicated, but law enforcement, my hat goes off because with all these obstacles they still figure out how to accomplish their goal. That's what that's a fact.
1: So before I let you go, Derek, I just want to go back to the crime scene, right? So they're processing it. We know that there are survivors of this who have talking with police about what they saw and heard, but processing yeah. the ballistics uh, of this shooting, what do you think they're getting? Do you think they're getting fingerprints? Do you think they're able to match the bullets to guns? Because I'm also wondering, did whoever did this actually register the weapons in general? Right. i curious how much they can get from the crime scene.
3: Well, look, I'm not a crime scene expert, but I know from working with ATF, Working closely with FBI, working with some of these state agencies, they have very sophisticated, you know, evidence technicians. They have awesome They've done awesome work with DNA and, you know, fingerprint. It's, it's so far advanced now. They will figure it out. They will they will exploit all communications that was in that area at the time of the uh, of the murder. They will figure this out very quickly. The bad guys are very smart, but the good guys are very smart as well. And in this case, it's so amazing to think of a poor 10-month-old infant, probably in the mother's hands, right, being executed by these monsters. So they're going to really put a lot of resources into this. And like I said, it's not going to be just the state and locals in that small little Goshen, California. They're going to have the support of the federal agencies and they're out there right now, and they're interviewing witnesses. They're looking at videotape. They're tracking communications. So they're doing all this good stuff. And by the way, because you asked, they're developing sources all over the place. You got to remember, every time they do these gang roundups, and they get 50 guys arrested, and they charge them federally, these guys don't want to stay <laughs> in prison for life. So they cooperate. A lot of them cooperate, and they talk about it, and they know. Because they all. It's a, it's a small community in a lot of ways when you get into that level. And so I'm very confident in law enforcement and I look forward to the arrest really, really soon.
1: Derek Maltz, I hope you're right. I hope the good guys win here. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for your insight. Thank you. Now, before we wrap things up, if you have any information about what may have happened, you're encouraged to call the sheriff's office at 559-733-6218. Tipsters can also remain anonymous by calling or texting at 559-725-4194. And that's all we have for you here on Sidebar. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. speak to you next time. We'll